Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. We are joined by Dr. Colasante, Doc, I guess we're referring to you as, uh, <laughs> founder and owner of Colasante Chiropractic in Lewiston, Maine. Uh, to me, he goes by Billy. Billy is a uh, member at Martindale Country Club, so that's how we met. But uh, Billy, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I guess uh, just to get started, we'll... Uh, if you could give us a little background on yourself and, and uh, I guess, how you ended up in Lewiston. Yeah, so um, I actually grew up here in Lewiston. Uh, went back, went to school in Massachusetts for undergrad, took a year off after, tried to figure out what I really wanted to do, and ended up shadowing a couple of chiropractors locally and decided that was the route I wanted to go to. Um, I went to school down in Bridgeport, Connecticut, at the University of Bridgeport for chiropractic school. Did a rotation down there at the VA hospital in West Haven and then ended up coming back talking to my former chiropractor and ended up working with him for about a year and kind of started my own practice through his as an independent contractor. And then I've been focusing from there and just trying to stay in the sports realm, but also staying open to a family practice. Just Lewis is such a small area. I got to be a little more diverse at times, but I'd really like to focus in sports and golf specifically. Um, did the TPI certification level one. I went down to Boston last year, hoping to take the metal, medical level two coming up soon. That's all online stuff and kind of it progressing from there through the field. Yeah. And some of our listeners might be wondering, okay, well, why are you bringing a chiropractor on your show? But um, as you've seen at the top level of all of these tours, uh, LPGA, uh, PGA tour, um, you know, these athletes, they're not just going to work out and playing golf. Like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And, um, as we saw with, let's say Brooks Kepka at the PGA where, um, you know, it appeared his knee and, and maybe even his hip was, you know, out of alignment. Um, you know, you guys are, are heavily involved in their, uh, their sort of day-to-day, um, uh, habits. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought it was actually really cool that they took the time and showed some of those pictures of Brooks Kepka getting adjusted, getting his hip adjusted on the uh, on the course. It was uh, something that these guys go through all the time. You know, there's different teams for every event. You know, there's U.S. Open teams. Across, I have a buddy that's been doing that for a little while. He's volunteered at the U.S. Open and got to work with different caddies and players there. Um, they're always taking care of their bodies, right, if they can't perform at the highest level. You know, there's a quote a few years back where Tiger said his glutes weren't firing. Right. And some of that's activation in the gym. Some of it's myofascial techniques, right. It's, I thought, I mean, to me, that was very funny being in school, listening to him say that, you know, talking about it in school and seeing it directly in the course and especially out of Tiger's mouth, right. Everybody takes what he says as gospel. So it's, it was a big thing for our profession and just for medical providers in the golf field in general. Fire those glutes, baby. Um, (laughs) You know, and, and look, he, he's also talked about, um, you know, getting his 
his right hip deep in his backswing. And, you know, to do that, um, you know, yeah, working out and stretching can help, but, you know, there's also other sort of exercises and, and seeing physical therapists to help uh, mobilize that area. So um, maybe talk us through like some of the things that you've seen um, and some of the things that you would work on to help, help uh, sort of open that area up, I guess. Yeah, on, um, through TPI, there's a certain set of screening we do for joint mobility and stability type things. So assessing from the ground up is really important because, you know, there's one test they do, the overhead squat, where a lot of times I've found with a lot of golfers and people in general, it's more they think they can't get into a squat when it's actually lack of ankle mobility um, or poor stability in their feet leading to their inability to squat. So you think about the golf swing, right? The only thing in contact to the ground is your feet at all times, right? So if you can't be stable with your feet, it's going to be very hard to load into certain joints like your hip, things like that. Um, I know while Dana was here, we talked a little bit about loading into her back hip and how she tends to sway slightly off the ball. Mm. Um, and if you think about when you really get that hip back, everybody worries about rotating their spine and you're almost behind the ball. If you just rotate into your back hip, there's not a lot of rotation you need to load into the spine. It just creates that little extra movement and extra power when you come down through. But it's been some of the stuff you can do is, you know, there's things called hip cars. You can go, you can Google and look on YouTube. Um, Mike Seltzer is a huge fan of those. Um, <laughs> really very, very helpful. Actually. Um, I've been trying to do them again to try to work on that. I have what's called a, it's just a bone spur essentially into one of them in one of my hips and I have a difficult time loading onto my left side. So it's something that I'm trying to work on to improve that mobility so I can get there and generate more power. Yeah. A little shout out to Mike Seltzer there too. Uh, head trainer, <laughs> strength and conditioning at Bates college. Um, you know, it's funny you brought up that sort of swing into the right side and, you know, look, we all have different matchups. Some of us are going to post up a little more on our left side, like a Bryson, um, some of us are going to have a little more movement off the ball, say tiger 2000. Right. So, um, but certainly we, we talked about how like her getting a little too lateral may have led to some, some issues in her lower, uh, her lower back. And like you said, I think T spine. So, um, it's interesting. I look back when I was in playing junior golf and I feel like a lot of the pros and coaches I spoke with, they said I had a, a reverse pivot right? But now yeah. you look at where the game's going, everyone just calls it extension. So I'm like, what, wait, so it was good what I was doing? Yes. And it's pretty crazy to see the change in golf and the modernization. Like I know you spoke about it in the last podcast about grip it light, swing it easy, it'll go. And it's just, it's trying to create as much into your end range loading so you can fire right it's like an elastic band so you get it all the way to the end range and you let go and that thing can release pretty quickly and you can generate a lot more speed and a lot more power right right i mean it and look i mean some of us aren't capable of doing that i mean certainly the um the older demographic having some movement off the ball um you know being able to get into that right side and then move back laterally to the left that's going to be more optimal for them than say like me where I'm trying to get my right hip tiger depth and, and get some extension, uh, in my spine. Um, cause that helps me rotate a little bit better in transition. So I, Absolutely. it's just, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And, um, that's where I feel like 
you know, you and other physical therapists really come into play and, 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 you know, obviously with your TPI experience too, being able to sort of evaluate those movements. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, TPI really preaches the team aspect between golf pros, medical professionals, whether it's PTs, chiros, and then also strength and conditioning coaches. Um, because if you have somebody working with them in the gym specifically, then doing the rehabilitation exercises and myofascial techniques or joint manipulation, and then they go, and then we can explain that to you in golf terms, and you can explain to us a little bit in medical terms, so we can try to get these golfers playing optimally, feeling better, so there's fewer breakdowns during the season, and they can just enjoy it, especially here in Maine when we're lucky if we get May to October. It's, uh, so you want to be ready to go by the time the season starts. So for our listeners, the, the, you know, the average person at home here and they're, they're, they're like, all right, a chiropractor, all I think of is popping and like adjustments. <laughs> um, what are some of the other treatments that you offer? And, and maybe for those that have, have been sort of apprehensive of going to a chiropractor before, um, what might you say to them? So a lot of what I do is trying to make sure I do a proper screen, proper examination of all my patients and focusing then on what the exact tissue is. So rather than just saying, you know what, some chiros are just going to say, hey, I'm just going to adjust this joint. It is what it is. And that's the way they work. I try to assess the whole region, try to evaluate for muscular imbalances, also look for joint dysfunction. Um, I'm not a fan of saying joints are out of place, things like that. I don't think you can physically do that. So I look for just lack of mobility or hypermobility in joints to try to assess that and either give you rehabilitation stuff to kind of focus on either postural or, or postural elements as well as trying to find areas of lack of mobility like hip joints, low back sometimes, depending on the person. Um, and just really trying to get people feeling optimal, whatever it is, and trying to understand their function as well. So like for you, your or your function might be like, you know what, I really can't, like you said, I can't get back into that right, that right glute. And you want to work on that. But I also have older patients that are like, you know what, I can't tie my shoes. So it's like there's very different things. And it's, it's trying to assess goals as well and trying to make sure it's functional for them. Um, but it's, there's a whole range of treatments. There's different type of soft tissue stuff. There's one a lot of people know is Graston or just instrument-assisted techniques. So that's a lot of scraping into the muscles and tendons. Mm-hmm. Um, that just helps free up adhesions. Things, things along those lines helps decrease some or promote good inflammation at least, but decrease poor inflammation and try to improve mobility. I know that's getting a little bit too techy, but it's uh, – <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of soft tissue techniques, not just – the basic joint manipulation or adjustment that everybody thinks of. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we throw at either athletes or just our regular population. Well, I want to get more technical. So this trigger point release, is that like the move out of Kill Bill at the end of the second movie? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because a lot of people will come in and they'll talk about like, yeah, you could probably hit those pressure points and knock somebody out right away. And it's (laughs) not quite, you know, uh, doesn't quite work that way. Just like a lot of people think of, when they get their neck adjusted, they're going to die because they've watched a bunch of Steven Seagal movies where, you know, the evidence actually suggests there's no real relation to that. So it was just, it's just kind of funny to hear the stories people come in with, but a lot of that trigger point release is really important. You know, there's referral patterns and things that just kind of create different weird symptoms that don't really make sense. And I have some charts in my office that I know you've seen and um, yeah. that just kind of show like 
that there is a correlation to certain areas and why you're feeling those dysfunctions, even though it's just everybody comes in and their symptoms feel bizarre, but there's scientific evidence that suggests why you feel that way. So yeah, it's nice to be able to show that visual. Well, I mean, you've killed me, what, four or five times now, and you've brought me back to life every time. So <laughs> exactly. I think Not you're doing all right. <laughs> no. Exactly. Um, you know, and look, I mean, being out with Dana on tour, and um, as we talked with, with her uh, sort of little lower back issue that was going on that, that week, um, you know, we worked with the physio out there, and um, actually we were we were out on like the – third or fourth hole her second day at the shop right down in New Jersey. And, you know, it just started acting up. And um, I was like, you know, she didn't really tell me about it. She was trying to kind of fight through it. And then, uh, you know, pretty soon I was like watching her pull it out of the cup like she was, you know, Jason Day or Tiger <laughs> with her back injuries. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call the physio over so you can get this like figured out. <laughs> so, <laughs> And luckily we had like a 20 minute wait on this tee box. So, um, but this guy comes out, you know, you know, Dana's on the ground, like on the fourth hole of this LPGA tournament, he's like adjusting her, uh, her lower back area or hip. And, um, you know, so he said it was out of alignment. So what is that? I guess when he says it's out of alignment, what, what would you sort of define that as? So people are like, when some people, when they assess, especially like hip out of alignment, they're looking for, physical postural changes right so like say one hips higher than the other or they're like one glute shifted back further than the other um I get, again i i'm not a huge fan of that concept i like i like to say joint dysfunction like the joints not moving correctly okay. um, sometimes when that occurs you lead to postural changes right so like you can get like changes in the muscle tone so you one hip kind of does hike up slightly because of that right so that's why they say the hips out of alignment but um, there's certain mechanisms that occur after those joints are in dysfunction because everything else is trying to work to make you function normally, even even though you're really not. So our body does a good job of trying to mask that one way or another. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me about how like your um, education and understanding and obviously the TPI, how that's helped you uh, in golf, I suppose, you know, outside of uh, you know, getting a, a, a tip it from here and there from me, but outside of that, I mean, how is, how has that helped you with your game? Honestly, just trying to understand the swing a lot more and understand like using my biomechanical background and then understanding a little bit more about the movement screening in golfers and the golf swing in general and understanding what areas are moving actually when I'm supposed to be doing something in the swing. So one thing I really worked, tried to work on in the off season last year was trying to maintain slight flexion and really loading into that glute. I, um, I talked to a couple of instructors at one of the TPI courses and they kind of went. Oh, wait, wait now, wait now. A couple instructors. I think, uh, we got to bring up a specific. Yeah. Um, I asked, <laughs> I asked, spoke to Mark Blackburn. who was a, it was a very highly rated golf court coach. You know what I mean? It's just, and I actually asked him because I've been a fan of George Gankis forever, and I think the guy's hilarious. And I <laughs> talked to him a little bit about extension in the golf swing, kind of like you were earlier. And, yeah. you know, he didn't really – because he talked a lot about flexion because he's trying to avoid injury, and I understand that part. And the, the average golfer is going to have a difficult time doing some of the stuff George asked because most of the athletes he works with are very elite athletes at the higher level, right? You know, you look at guys like Matt Wolf and Akshay Bhatia, and they're just yeah. – 
I yeah. mean, they're freak athletes and the things they can do are just the average person definitely can't, but yeah. Um, talking to him a little bit about that and trying to reduce some of the strain I put into my lower back and talking, going back to what we talked about with Dana, I do sway off the ball a little bit. So understanding that and really trying to focus on loading into my right hip as a right-handed golfer has made a huge difference in reducing my lower back pain while playing. Um, and also just trying to help me be consistent in sequencing, right? Cause that's another major part of the golf swing. Yeah. Uh, if you can't sequence correctly using your lower body first, right. And the downswing, that's the dreaded over the top, essentially, right. You get hands, hands get quick. And I know when I worked with you a little bit, that was my, still my problem trying to fix that. But it's uh it's one of those things that if you can't get that sequencing correct, you're never going to get to become a better golfer. It's just going to be very difficult. I shouldn't say never, but it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, you look at what, what Gankus has some of his students doing and, and look, it's not just unique to Gankus. This is a lot of golf instructors, especially with the younger clientele that um, has the mobility, has that flexibility, is able to really pivot sort of more on their lead side or center pivot and create that tall uh, extended spine and then be able to get down in the ground and go external with their legs and all, you know, it's, it's, it's like, wow, it's a lot of power and speed, but yeah, for the average golfer out there, that's 60, 65 and over, they're not going to do that. So again, it's like there's different matchups that work best for different people. And for them, it might be a little bit more, let's get into the trail side less with into the right heel, but our right uh, glute going back to the target. Let's, let's keep our glutes a little more square and, you know, work into the right side and then work back into the left side turn the right foot in a little bit, you know? Yeah. No um, question. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's different ways to go about it. And I think that's the beauty of the game is you look at the, the highest level on each tour and there's no one swing that's the same. There is no uh, one outside of like when the clubs parallel to the ground. I mean, from then yeah, to that, that nine I mean, three range, they all look about the same, but they, uh, they look pretty good. I mean, depending on the shot shape they're going for, but yeah, they, they, they all look pretty good right there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, Zach and I talked about this in a podcast a while back, the difference between like Daniel Berger and Matt Wolf. It's like, I mean, I, I think I could probably lay down between where those two club heads are. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> exactly. it's crazy. It is so different. And I think the one thing that's pretty cool is just seeing that development of power and speed through the higher levels and how it's kind of tracking down through golf at all levels right and how important that is and just the further you hit the ball the better the more likely you are to score and it's just it's interesting to see because guys like matt wolf that have been doing this forever you know they he's got a relatively what they consider unorthodox swing but the way yeah. he comes through the ball and generates being that small i don't know his exact stature i know he's maybe six feet but he's pretty thin and he's hitting it just as far as most of the guys on tour so it's it, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see yeah. And, you know, you brought up Mark Blackburn and, you know, he just won the um, uh, instructor of the year for the PGA and I mean, a huge honor. And, um, you know, one of the things I've, I've listened to him about is his sort of um, sort of testing out uh, and, and using his TPI experience. Um, so every student he has, he measures, he, he has them do the, the TPI screenings and, um, 
you know, and, and basically find a move that works best for them and, and make adjustments if need be. And I think that that's the approach you're seeing more from um, golf instruction as a whole. And I think that's great. Yeah, no question. I mean, you see the guys he works with, and I know the other day he had them hooked up to some of the technology. I don't know if it was a K-Vest or what they were using specifically, but having Reeve and Hoffman, and I can't remember who else he had on there, but all they were doing is just working on swinging as fast as they can and hitting it as far as they can. It was pretty, you know, some of them it's just an unorthodox finish. You know, yeah. one of them's on one foot spinning out, and it's like, you know what, whatever. If you can pound it and you can stay in – I mean, stay in your swing. Just do it. It's- I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he said on – I listened to him the other day on a podcast, and he said, if you are young, uh, if you're a kid coming up in the game, or if you're a parent and you have a kid that's coming up in the game and, uh, you know, they got a club in their hands for the first time or, you know, maybe they've had it in their hands for a couple of years, but get them swinging as hard as they can. And by the time they're – 15, 16, 18, when they really start working with an instructor more, um, more often, more frequently, then they can start owning it in and, um, you know, starting to look towards more of a, an accuracy standpoint, but you got to build up that speed first. And, um, that's totally opposite of the way it may, may have been taught before where, you know, starting out is more about like, let's get you hitting it straight. Let's get you hitting it on the center of the face. Now I think center of the face is important too. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, no you, know, question. you can't, the game is showing you and the, the stats are showing you, you got to build up that speed. If you want yeah, to compete I mean, at the next level. I mean, yeah, amateurs are still going to struggle to hit the center of the face, but if you can generate a lot more speed, yeah, your smash factor won't be the best, but you're going to generate a lot more speed, ball speed in general, right? If you're swinging a lot faster. So it's just the faster. Yeah better off they are with distance yeah i mean nothing can centerness of contact is definitely where it's at but i'm just saying like when you look at the kids i mean nowadays they're coming out bigger stronger faster uh you know they got all these rotation rotation is just like (laughs) everyone's saying that word so uh you know they're just saying farther and that's the way i mean they can they can sharpen up those skills as they go but if you don't have the speed to start with it's kind of it's kind of hard to get to the next level, I think, at this point. No question. I know I saw, I think it was through Instagram, the super speed guys are doing like junior speed clinics with kids. And it's really cool. Like they're doing, like just saying, try to keep it fun, but also mm-hmm. explosive movements, like doing leapfrog, right? That's such an explosive movement. And that can teach those kids to fire neurologically, like really get those muscles going, explode. And then you work with this, they have even have junior speed sticks now, which is pretty cool to see. And it's just getting kids to swing as fast as they can and see what they can do. Um, I know Martin Chucky posted the other day. He had his son swinging over 80 miles. I think it was 80 miles an hour. It was pretty cool. He posted it. His son was so excited. He's either nine or 10 years old, right? And it's just it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, and it's making the game fun. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it, at least when I was young, I played baseball and I was always trying to hit a home run and have, you know, as hard as I can. So, yeah, a little bit of that to the, the sport now. And I think um, I think that's good. A lot more fun having a wedge in your hand than it is a seven or eight. <laughs> right. So you might as well just try to blast it. I mean, Billy, I'm still in the woods, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all right. You can get out. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah, tell me – and tell me a little bit more about, you know, the practice. How – okay, so say I call you up. I want to come, come and see you. I have – let's say I have some upper back tightness or something, right? Um, 
I guess just walk us through what a uh, a visit would look like. Yeah, so typically what I'd have you do, you'd go online, fill out kind of a new patient intake form, then we'd go over some, I'd give you a couple more paper, or a few more items to fill out, um, some objective tests, things like that. And then I'd go ask you some questions, do a history with you, review different things, um, understand more of what I think your problem is, do an exam, uh, then kind of explain what the treatment options are, whether I think there's anything I can do for you. And then we'll go through a treatment method, whether it's more soft tissue, whether I decided soft tissue related, joint related, um, and then even posture related. And then we can kind of make a treatment plan focus for that individual, depending on the condition and mm. what we find in the examination history process. So first visit's always the longest, obviously. It's just going to ask you all those questions. And then, you know, we develop a treatment plan to make sure you're getting better and responding well. And if it's not happening in my office, I'll either refer you to physical therapy or another office to get you better at the end of the day. That's the most important thing. So mm-hmm. um, just us as a team, med- your medical care should be a team effort at times. And that's the biggest thing I can say. No question. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a holistic approach you take. And, you know, one of the things I've told you is that like when I've come in after uh, caddying for a couple of months and I, I want an adjustment that, you know, I, I'll mention to you, like, hey, I haven't been working out as much. You know, my core just doesn't feel as strong. Maybe I haven't been eating as well. Do you find that those factors play in sometimes too? No question. Um, lack of exercise, especially. Um, a lot of people sit all day, every day at their job, and then they go home and they're tired, especially this time of year in Maine where it's dark at 5 o'clock and it's dark till 7 in the morning, right? It's You don't have to bring that up again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough to get going. So it's uh, – it's one of those things that whether it's just walking, you know what I mean? Even on your lunch break, if you can get outside and walk around or just find some type of routine to get you going, it's, you're going to see a significant improvement um, in your pain levels, just your energy levels. And then diet, like you said, it's this time of year, everybody wants to heavy eat. It's tough and trying to reduce that. Yes, it's okay on occasion. It's fine, but not eating heavy stews and pastas every day and just not eating any type of vegetables or antioxidants, things like that, they can kind of, keep us in better health you know it's just it's really important to do that <laughs> well i mean yeah, i'm you might be my doctor but it is thanksgiving coming up so sorry <laughs> exactly i know that's the hard part but <laughs> you're gonna pass for that and then leftovers too so it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well billy we uh we appreciate you coming on uh actually let's let's do a wicked fire round with you how about that how about your um your top five courses in maine Top five. So number one, I played for the first time this year was Booth Bay. I love that golf course. Very challenging. Um, and just conditions wise. I mean, there's not many places in Maine like that. I definitely say Belgrade's in my top five. Sugarloaf. Um, Sam has said I played for the first time this year. I really enjoyed the layout there. Um, and also, I don't think I said Sunday River. Yeah, Sunday River. The mountain courses are in there for sure. Nice. Uh you're out there with uh, George Gankus in California. You're getting a lesson from him. What do you think you're working on? Ooh, what am I working on? <laughs> I'd say definitely extension. No question on that. Getting out, getting out there and just trying nice. to get Scooby. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I really hope Cole Anderson's listening to this. Scooby. <laughs> um, okay, let me think of one more here. How about your uh, – 
I, we know you go to Martindale. We know you play there. That's your, your spot. How about uh, sort of your go-to spot for some, for some grub in Lewiston? Area. Go to spa. I got a, I got a few staples. I've been going to El Pocho's Mexican a lot. I love that place right now. That's my go-to lunch spa. It's right down the street from my office. Um, go to Boba Orchid, different Asian restaurants. Um, nice. Gippers. I've got a, I've got a handful of staples growing up here. I've got my, <laughs> I've got my round. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. Um, how about uh, maybe the one player uh living or deceased that you would want to uh maybe play around with one of the great players in our game other than the best golfer aaron smith i'd probably go with tiger (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's great i love that that guy's hilarious i love that guy he's so funny If, if not if no one knows who aaron smith is look up the best is it the best golfer yeah, the best golfer on Instagram. You'll oh see my gosh! Don't say. Don't don't just don't tell anybody we sent you there. Okay? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, Billy, we appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, if our listeners want to want to find you and uh, maybe set up an appointment or or get evaluated, where where should they go? Yeah, best place would be to go to colasantecairo.com. Um, there's contact forms there, and there's an intake form there you can fill out. And if you reach out, I can make sure I get you scheduled for an appointment. Kind of either if you just want a TPI assessment, I can do that. If you want medical or if you want some type of Cairo treatment as well, we can do that and just kind of get you going. I know the off season is really kicking in right now. It's a little cold, a little wet, so take advantage now. Get on top of it and try to get yourself in the best physical and golf shape that you can for the upcoming season beautiful well this has been another episode of main golf talk um you are always welcome to uh leave some of your reviews on itunes for us we appreciate that and you can find us on instagram and facebook at main golf talk thanks for listening